Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Joel, and today we got a great episode of Heat vs. the World. We feeling much better than usual because, first of all, we got a few things to celebrate. First of all, we got to mention Heat vs. the World is officially two years old, so we from the baby stages. We now just a toddler, but we still about to keep growing. And not only that, but the Miami Heat, y'all, we got something huge to celebrate because the Miami Heat have went undefeated since our last pod. And I feel amazing about that. First time all season, we can actually say it. I don't know when we can actually have another episode and celebrate that. So until then, here we go. This is our pod for that. And, you know, I feel great. I feel like we should put up some banner or something. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we can keep on getting these wins up and climb up the standings. But Overall, just a great feeling for the Heat. And we got our correspondence with us like usual. We got the returning George, Deem, JR, Clutch, Nick, and Kay. We got a bit of a stacked lineup right now, so bear with us. But without further ado, we got such a great episode for y'all. And I just want to know from you guys, like the Heat came in, they won these three games, albeit against some of the league's worst teams. But at this point, we just got to accept the fact that the Heat are going to play really hard against any team in the league because y'all know there's no guaranteed wins for this team. So knowing the fact that he actually won three of three games this past week, like how are we honestly feeling? Like we'll start off with you, George. Look, it's nice to have some winning basketball back as well. Um, we've, we've beaten some good teams throughout the season and then we've had some horrible losses to some really mediocre franchises, teams that are trying to tank for Wemby. Uh, but to beat four of them, you know, in a row, you know, we had the Pacers, the Thunder, the Rockets, and the Spurs. Um, to win, just to get some victories out of that's actually a good, a good sign as well. Victor Oladipo coming back is a good, good note for the Heat as well. Trying to get some some health together. Um, Heroes playing well. He's he's actually killing it at the moment. And Jimmy and Bam have been able to uh, to coexist a bit more recently when they've actually been on the court together. So it's all good news right now for the Heat. Um, still some flaws. Still some uh, some questionable decisions from from you know the coach and a lot of the lines that are out there. Dwayne Dedman's still getting minutes. Duncan Robinson's still getting minutes. So that's that's always a really uh, sad, sad occurrence for the Heat. So hopefully we can fix that soon. Right. And I just got to say, though, shout-outs to Udonis Haslam, you know, our starting center, you know, the game against Houston, man. He was able to lead us to victory. And not a lot of players can say they do that at such, a, at such an age like a UD. So... You know, shout-outs to him for being the MVP of that game. Tyler, too, he had a good game, too. But UD really carried us to victory. And let's see, how. what's on your mind, JR? I mean, if you told me three weeks ago that we'd be going to 4-0 streak and end up, like, fifth or sixth in the standings, middle of the pack, I, I wouldn't be mad at it because we started the season very shaky. Also, we just saw Victor Oladipo play four games in a row. I'm amazed at that. Tyler had the... Best week of his life, so I'm I'm pretty high in the heat right now. Let's hope we can keep it up for the rest of the season. I couldn't agree anymore. And what's on your mind, Clutch? Well, first and foremost, this Tyler Hero guy, pretty good. A lot of people turn on him, but, I mean, if he can keep up this consistency, we know what he can do, but now it's all about consistency. If he can keep it up, then he may be able to finally earn that big-ass contract of his. But – in general, the Heat have been playing great. I mean, they've been having an insane second and third, I mean, second quarters, and then they just give up the lead all the time. That's a little worry for the future. But other than that, they've been finding ways to close that games. Jimmy's Jimmy's been Jimmy for the, once again, like stuff we've seen from the playoffs. He's closing games, hitting shot after shot in the fourth quarter. And he's playing well with Bam, and Bam is doing him. He's I think he's still over 20 points per game. And he's he's just playing really good defense, really good offense. We got Victor Oladipo back, who's a really, really, really good wing defender. Even 
just coming off an injury. His offense still needs needs a little bit to go, but all in all, we're at 500, and that's more than I expected from this team the, the way we started the year. Right, and, you know, to quickly mention, since a couple of y'all brought on Victor, like, I just got to say, man, like, a lot of people, I know there have been some people being like, we could really use buckets from him, but I just got to say, like, the thing with Victor is, He's providing so much great defense. Like, we saw it in that past game against San Antonio. And I think it was um Austin, Chef Trilly, who mentioned it on Twitter. Like, a guy like Oladipo could potentially be, like, your six-man Iguodala from 2020. Because the dude has been doing such a great job on the defensive end. And he's doing a lot of stuff that you probably won't even see on the stat sheet. So... You know, I feel like y'all got to remember, I mean, specifically I'm talking about the Depot critics, is that I get it. Some people will be frustrated that he's been out for such a long time, but, you know, he's really starting to get it together, especially on the defensive end. Hopefully he can get it going on offense, but as long as he's doing what he's doing, racking up those steals, you know, getting the clamps on these players, like, he's good with me. So that's all I got to say about that. And what's on your mind, Nick? I guess it's more just echoing everything that's been said. There's not much more to be said, but I agree with George uh, that Deadman and Duncan need gone. Um, I'm pleasantly pleased with those uh, Orlando Robinson minutes we were getting. It was nothing to write home about, but I liked watching him more than I liked watching Deadman. Man, quick thing to mention, like, because the fact that you brought up Deadman, and, like, I know we've been having the Deadman critique, not only going on for this pod, but in pods in the past. Like, <laughs> I know it was crazy during that game against San Antonio, I believe, where the Heat had, Deadman. like, a good lead. Yeah, that it was <laughs> crazy. We had, like, a big lead on the Spurs. Boom, Deadman comes in, and all of a sudden, it's looking like a bad game for the Heat. Like, I, it's, you know what? I, I, you hate to see it, man. He's just I mean, so bad defensively, and he doesn't really offer anything offensively except for an occasional three and some funny hook shots. Where Orlando Robinson does kind of look like his hands are bricks at some points, and he's a little, you can see like maybe the nerves are getting to him. But I mean, I forget, I saw a number of his like defensive net rating, and it, it wasn't bad. I mean, he's looking solid in those minutes. I mean, nothing to write home about. I don't want him to be. I'd rather trade and try to get a backup center than rely on him, but I'd rather play him than play Deadman at this point. <laughs> I got you. And let's see, Kay. Now I know you know you've been on Deadman's defense in the past. Like, how you feel right now, though? Man, I I have nothing to say on that front. Like, I'm I'm tired <laughs> of like you know what I'm saying screaming into an echo chamber. I mean, I love all y'all guys, man. But if you can't see what you're looking at, you can't see what you're looking at. I mean, it is what it is. Like, you're going to try to blame Deadman for the run, but how about the four guys in front of him that could possibly stop Devin Vassell or Keldon Johnson on the drive? You want to mention Orlando Robinson, but as soon as Deadman went out, Zach Collins went right at Orlando chest. I love me some Orlando Robinson, but he ain't ready yet. Like, he ain't physical enough. He ain't strong enough. And like somebody said, them hands is bricks. If we throw Deadman that rock down there by the cup, he might trick the layup off, but he's going to get that shot up because he's going to catch that rock. Like, you know, if you don't know what you're looking at, that's fine. But you can't expect a backup center to be, you know what I mean, Bam out of bio. Like, he's a backup center. He does his job. And that's why he's still getting minutes, regardless of what everybody says. Like, he didn't. he's not the only one that came in when that run happened. A bunch of other backups came in. But he's an easy target. So that's why I said I'm going to just stop screaming into that echo chamber. Um, as far as everything on an overall basis, man, I've been saying it all year. And people call me the eternal optimist. It's not that. I just say what I see. If you look at the standings, no team has really separated themselves unless you want to say Boston or Milwaukee. But even they have their warts because I think that the Miami Heat is this iteration. Um, they always give the Boston Celtics a run for money, like traditionally. But this particular iteration of the Boston Celtics, I think that this Miami Heat group featuring Jimmy Butler is something like that kryptonite. Throw the records out. They always play tough games and either team has a chance to win. And I'll use the first game without Jimmy Butler where it was a shootout until the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter where they had all their pieces going and we were Sands our best player, but we still made it a game. Um, and then, of course, in that second game where we won. So, I mean, if you just looked at the standings, no team really separated themselves. The Heat have things they have to clean up regardless of what everybody else was doing. So that is what was going to put them back in a position to contend. 
Um, like I said, man, wins and losses, you need those. Um, I wasn't as hung up on the semantics early on as everybody else because it was still early. And we hadn't really seen the Heat play like the Heat. And that's what we're seeing over the course of the last four games. And, yeah, like everybody else, you mentioned the competition, but you beat who's on your schedule. And to see them be able to go out and actually beat these teams and show some consistency, show some continuity, show some cohesion in the process, um, that was encouraging to see. Offensively, they still have things to figure out. The shooting is going to be, you know, what saves them or what breaks them as it always is. But you're starting to see that play out when they hit more three-pointers traditionally as it always has been. They have a good chance to win that game. Um, defensively, though, we're seeing some of the best man-to-man defense that we've seen this Heat team play this year in the last four games. Um, I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying we've seen some of the best man-to-man defense um, of the season in these last four games because, you know, they've relied a ton on the zone. So, like everybody else said, man, I'm encouraged by what we're seeing. They got to go out and keep getting wins. This actual week leading up to Christmas is a light week where they have a task um, facing the Indiana Pacers again. I'm sure Tyrese Halliburton will be looking to get some good back after we put the cuffs on him last week. And they got the Chicago Bulls, who just allowed 150 to Minnesota, lost back-to-back games to the Knicks before that, and then lost to Atlanta prior to that. So, you know, they're not good right now, but at the same time, they might come in with an edge, but it's only a two-game week after the Miami Heat have played like nine games in the 15 days between the beginning of the month and their last game on Saturday. So things are looking up, man. I'm encouraged. I love to hear that. But overall, you know, like I said before, you know, before we really got this pod rolling, I mean, the fact that we can finally have a pod where the Heat have went undefeated since our last pod has been great. So, you know, that alone is just such a good feeling to have with you. And I just want to know, like, before we continue, does anyone have something that they want to add or should we move on? Yeah, I, I want to add something. I, I disagree with uh, what Kate said. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not, I'm one of those guys. I'm not excited about the last three games that we uh that we seen from this team because if you go back and check and look at the teams they won, these are the bottom three teams in the Western Conference. You got OKC, who's the 14th ranked team in the West. You got Houston, is the 15th ranked team in the West, and you got San Antonio, who's the who's the third the 12th ranked team in the West. Uh, they shot. Miami shot twenty, made twenty five three pointers and beat OKC by a grand total of two points. That's that's not that's not ideal basketball. And then you go back and you check against the game against Houston, they won that game by a grand total of two points. So it's like I, I'm not really seeing the real much improvement in these last three games. I understand they won three straight games, but they won three straight games against the the worst teams in the Western Conference. Let me do a quick retort. Let me ask you a question, boys. Um, did we see Oklahoma City beat the Knicks last week? Yeah, but we're not. I, I'm not. No, worried I got about you. I'm Knicks. just. No, I no, got you. I, 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 got you. I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not worried right. about the Knicks. I'm just saying I'm, I'm we saw Orlando. We saw Orlando beat Boston on Sunday. All I'm saying is good teams beat bad teams, and bad teams beat good teams all the time. At the end of the day, as long as it's a check in the win column. That's all we can be concerned about because if we concern ourselves so much with how it look all the time as opposed to the final result, this shit ain't going to be fun. And that's what it's supposed to be, fun. I mean, we're supposed to say what we see, but at the same time, like, at the end of the day, they all pros. Like, I mean, Shea a beast. Like, so to be able to keep him from killing you, to be able to, like, those are accomplishments, especially considering what we see. Like, I'm not taking away from that. Like, you make great points. I'm not arguing any of that. I'm just saying, like, for a team that has been as inconsistent as the Miami he have, to see anything close to consistency, I mean, I'm not saying there are no negatives, but overwhelmingly it has to be a positive, especially when they lost to the same Spurs team, especially when the Pistons beat them, especially when, like, you know, the Memphis C squad beat them, the Carlton squad. You know what I'm saying? So it, I, I feel you. It's just hard for me to penny pinch over I'm, certain I'm things. You no, you good. Go ahead, bro. I'm finished. Th- that's my point. You you. You just, you just, you just proved my point with you when you said, you know, we, they let the, the the Memphis C squad beat them and the Pistons beat them, and and look at these, look look at the look how horrible they playing against these bad teams. So just imagine when the season get along, and you know we start playing a, a, the Boston Celtics and the, you know the 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 Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks, some upper echelon teams, how they want to play. I said this before on the last pod I've been on. I know it's been a while, but I said. Miami, they're going to win games 
simply because this is a, a great coach team. I said, I said it's going to be on the stretch where they, they go and win six, seven, eight game win streak, and people are going to forget their flaws. The flaws are still showing. This, this is a horrible offensive team. This is a bottom eight team in, off, in all NBA in offense. And, and these four games that they won, it's still showing. Uh, I want to jump in as well. I, I, I see what both of you are saying. Kay's just saying, um, you know, it's like, this, it's not that there's no negatives as well. It's just the fact that we're actually getting the result is, is just a nice change of pace compared to, um, you know, losing to those, the, those, the, you know, the Grizzlies team, C team, and then the Pistons and the San Antonio Spurs. It's just nice to get the results. I see what, I see what Dean's saying as well. The fact that we only scored 87 points against the, uh, against the Pacers and we still won it amazingly. That's 1970s basketball right there. Winning with 87 points. It's just, you're never going to see that again for the rest of the season from any team scoring 87 and winning. We're still second last in the league in points, which sucks. It's just, it's, it's a horrible, you know, thing to, thing to see as well. We're also not, not passing the ball particularly well. We're not rebounding at a high enough level um, to really win against the better teams. That's what, that's, that's what I think Dean's saying as well. I'm just really, um, I, I'm I'm just not encouraged by seeing. I, I agree. I agree. I'm also not encouraged by seeing the teams that we've beaten the, the last four games. It's nice to get the results, but Tony beat the Thunder by two points. You know the Rockets by three, and it's just it's it's disheartening when you see that sort of thing as well. And it, like I said, I I know what you're saying as well, Q, uh, K, because it, it takes the fun out of it. If you're if you're overly critical of like I am sometimes of the Heat, it gets it's it's also like not as fun you know, of a, a, a sport to watch, which it sucks. But I, I just can't see these these blaring discrepancies in, in, in the team. You know, our bench is still the, – the only the only difference, the only reason why we've been winning games as well is because our big three has actually been playing phenomenally well. Players like Struess, Caleb Martin, Dwayne Denman, Hayward Highsmith, these players are terrible. These players are playing at an all-time low level, which is so sad to see. Players like Max Struess, earlier in the year, I, I, was, I was seeing guys um, – I was seeing people say that he, he's earning a, a 12 to $14 million contract. And over the last 15 games, he's been shooting something like 20 something percent. It's such a, it's such a sad sight to see, but until we can see, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like a, a real lift from the bench and players like Victor Oladipo coming in and playing better has kind of masked that a little bit, but still play, players like Struess, Martin, Denman and Highsmith really need to, to step it up. They really have to step it up. And one last thing before we move on, because I know we got to go. Um, but just like, I mean, to, to like respond to Dean, um, you know what I mean, to you, George, like basically you, you, you compare, you know, the Miami Heat and their approach when they face the bigger, the better teams in the league. I mean, I guess you'd be talking about like the Phoenixes or maybe even the Celtics, two teams which the Miami Heat have also beat this season. Um, and then I'll go to you and say – um, you know what I mean, George? Like you, you talk about you focusing on the the auxiliary guys. Like those guys, they're doing their job. Their job isn't to come in and have forty eight minutes of complete action. And if it were the case, like they wouldn't be in the situations they are. Like you're expecting them to come in and you know, I would say, what's the word? Uh, Complement what you're expecting to get from your main guys, and you have to make sure that you're getting that on a nightly basis before you can focus in so much on what, you know, the complimentary guys are doing. Now, as far as that rotational thing and getting some from the bench, I think that that's starting to be figured out too because I've been on this boat and a lot of the times by myself in the middle of the ocean since the beginning of the season, since the offseason, and we had this conversation. Tyler Hero um, is better when he has full reign of the rock, and Spo is proving that and recognizing that by staggering his minutes more with the second unit. Tyler Hero is playing more with the second unit over the course of the last two or three games. And what that's allowing everybody to do is maximize their abilities. So you don't have situations where they're playing my turn, your turn as much. Tyler Hero's leaning into that by becoming more of a facilitator at times and giving up good looks for great looks for other people. But, you know, all of that is playing into why it's encouraging. It's not just the fact that they're beating small teams. It's how they're doing it in that the issues that we're laying out to still highlight as negatives those are the issues we're seeing sort themselves out along this winning streak. And they're not fixed, but what we're seeing is something that says, hey, maybe they can figure it out when we weren't seeing that prior to. I see a point as well. Like, 
I, I know what you're saying. I see what you're saying as well. But you're saying these these problems are starting to work themselves out. Um, quickly, with, when it comes to the bench, we had the number one ranked bench last year, and I'm saying we can't have that every year. I'm, I'm completely aware of that. That was because Tyler Hero was a top 25 scorer off yeah, that bench. Sorry to and cut you off. It. And he was killing it. And he was playing the best basketball of his career at that point in time. Um, but to go from the number one bench in the NBA to the 30th ranked bench in the NBA, that, that problem is not working itself out. Dwayne Dedman, and I'm saying we can't all expect to have all NBA, you know, all star potential, sorry, uh, backup, backup centers. But Dwayne Dedman is a pathetic excuse for a center, a backup center. He is, the, the, the numbers I'm seeing from him are just unbelievably bad. Like you see a, a player like Bam Adebayo having an 89 defensive rating, then coming off the bench, going to the bench, bringing on Dwayne, De- De- um, Dwayne Dedman to put up 176 defensive rating. And that's on multiple occasions. So I just I, and and Max Struess isn't looking any anything close to better either. So I'm not expecting them to come in and, and, and score, you know, at, at a high ability. I just want them to kind of keep the same energy or to not blow leads like they do every single time. So it's just I don't know. The the, the only way you're going to fix that is by trading some of these players to get some other talent in. Well, blowing the lead, I'm sorry, but blowing the lead is something they're going to do. They've been doing this for the past two years. That that been a problem. So. Get used to that. I mean, I love that you mentioned that, Dean, because it's like what I said on the, um, not the last part, but a few parts before where getting mad at the Heat blowing a lead is kind of like, you know, getting mad at Tristan Thompson when he keeps on cheating on you. Like, it's going to keep happening. And at some point, you know, either you just got to accept it and move on or just put a stop to it. So at this point, you just got to do something about it. And ultimately, we're Heat fans, and we love this team no matter what. So we we just got to accept the fact that they will be blowing leaves like that. And I see, Nick, you put that UD been giving halftime speeches for too long and stuff. <laughs> nah, I felt that. But overall, you know, y'all brought up some really good points. And it is true, you know. There are some pros of this winning streak, and we've also seen some cons from this winning streak as well. But overall, you know, for me, I'm going to always try to be positive with it, and hopefully we can continue to build off of it. Now, I do have a great topic that I want to bring up next, but before we get into it, we got a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many unknown you know, the Miami Heat, you know, can we keep winning these games? Can we move up in the standings? Hopefully we do. But when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets with with things like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So overall, you know, we got this next game against, I believe, Chicago and I don't know, man. Like we said before, you never can really guarantee a win for the Heat. But I'm going to say that the Heat will get the job done. I mean, I would expect it considering the fact that you're looking at a Bulls team that a lot of people are expecting to eventually be blown up. So it would be crazy if we couldn't win that. But yeah, so I got the Heat over the Bulls. And overall, you know, just download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. So anyways, now that we got that out of the way, let's get right into it for this uh, next topic. And this has been something that's been on my mind, you know, these last couple of days because... I don't know. It seems like an interesting topic because I feel like it could go either way. Now, the All-Star game, we still got about a couple months before that takes place. But one thing that intrigues me is the fact that, you know, with the Miami Heat, we're more than likely not going to get three All-Star selections because y'all know how it is with, 
the NBA. And because he aren't playing as amazing right now, unless they can play some mind-blowing basketball to convince the NBA to give them three stars, we're more than likely going to get two at least. So I want to know, like, you look at the way how Jimmy has played. You look at the way how Bam and Tyler have played. Like, if you have the opportunity to choose the two All-Stars to represent the Heat for this upcoming game, who would y'all pick? Jimmy, Bam, or Tyler? So you can only pick two. And unless you feel like there's another player on the team that's worthy of that spot, go ahead and you can mention them instead. I'm opening the fields up to anyone. I mean, but don't troll with it. Please don't. But aside from that, I want to know, like, who who would y'all pick to be the Heat's two All-Stars? Um, this time, we can start off with you, JR. Um, off rip, I'm just going to go ahead and say it's got to be Tyler and Bam. Jimmy doesn't even like the All-Star games. He literally decided not to go one time when he didn't make the team. But with that being said, Bam can most likely, he most likely will make it. It's a stretch for Tyler when you look at all the other guards in the Eastern Conference, it's going to be a real stretch. But I would love to see Tyler and Bam in the All-Star game. Those lobs, let everybody see what that game is really about. Bring some more media coverage so people can see how good that duo actually is. So I'm going Tyler and Bam. Right. And, you know, I just got to say, you know, if if the Heat themselves couldn't send Tyler to Utah, why can't us, the fans, do so? So, you know, I do like the idea of selecting Tyler to be that one All-Star. And what about you, Clutch? Without even thinking about it, it's Jimmy and Bam. Jimmy's been too good when he's played. He's been out for a few games because of a knee injury, but whenever he plays, he's closing the games out for Miami. He's the sole reason Miami's winning some of these games. So I think Tyler's been all, been doing really well lately, but you can't forget that he's I don't I don't know how old he is right now, 22, 23. And he's already started off the season with injury problems, and he's missed games just just how Jimmy has missed games. So, and he's had his lows are way lower than Jimmy's lows. So that's that's where I mark the difference. I think Jimmy's more important to the Heat. I think Jimmy closes out games better than anybody on the roster, and he closes out games better than some than a lot of players in the entire NBA. So I I think Jimmy has to be an All Star. Barring barring any unforeseen injury, knock on wood, but yeah, it has to be Jimmy and Bam. I, I don't have any real argument like against Bam not making it because he deserves to be on that team. He deserves to be on the All Star team. He's been he's improved every single year of his career, including this year. He's been great, and he's ready. Uh, I think he's ready to be an All Star again after missing the these last couple of years of by like some random BS vote voting. Right, and how about you, Nick? So I think with Jimmy's early season knee injury, with the onslaught of guards that are in the East, I think it's going to just be Bam. Um, and with our record as well, I don't think we're getting two. If we would get two, I would say it would probably be Jimmy and Bam, but they're going to hold Jimmy back because of the 10-plus games he's missed. And Tyler is good, but he's not better than Trey Young. He's not better than Donovan Mitchell. He's not going get, to get in over Kyrie, even with his controversy. Darius Garland's probably going to get it because of how good the Cavs record is. They're going to have two. Uh, so I think we just end up with just Bam in there. Interesting takes. Damn. I didn't, I, so, you know, most people going with the two pick selection, but you going with the one. But I do see where you're going with it when you do look at the games that both Jimmy and well, Jimmy missed. And then, of course, Tyler missed his games. But then you look at how deep the field is for the East. So I do see where you're going with it. And uh, let's see. Deem, how about you? What's your picks? Uh, Nick Nick said exactly the same exact thing I was going to say. Uh, I, I had – I got – I'm giving Bam and Tyler the not, But Tyler's not better than the, the, the five other guards that's going to be in front of him. Uh, but he, he is playing all-star level competition basketball. But – He's not going to get the nod over them guys. And, uh, like, Bam is obviously the easy selection because you can't name – it's not three three centers in the NBA that's better than him. So it's really not three in the Eastern in the Eastern Conference that's better than him. There's but, yeah, I agree 100% with Nick said. He said exactly the same thing I was going to say. Tyler is playing at an all-star level, but he's not going to get the nod over the other guards. Right. And, Kate, you? 
Yeah, man. Um, basically, a summation of what everybody said. But of course, you know, my perspective on it is just a little different. Polis politics and intricacies. Um, you could really have three Heat players up there. Like if the Heat had a top three record in the East, um, they could easily get three guys up there. Because if you look at Tyler, Bam, and Jimmy, they're all averaging about the same numbers and they're all impacting winning just knowing what we know about hoops though in this miami heat team you know that jimmy butler's a flat-out superstar the best player on this team he's the motor even with the games missed you look at the games that he's played which means more when he's in the lineup they're able to beat the phoenix sun when he's in the lineup they're able to beat the boston celtics so i mean he's an all-star um you put him in there bam Adebayo has just been phenomenal especially with dean and nick just said um you can't name any more centers i like the points that clutch made um as well i mean it's just you know, you look at those guys and they're all stars. Now, Tyler Herbo's an all star too, but back to those politics and all of the guards that you guys mentioned. I don't know. With all of the stuff that's been going on with Trey Young, I might can make a case. But when Trey Young's in there, he's explosive. I just say that the last couple of games for Tyler and the game winners he's hit and the way that he's impacting winning for his team, when you can look at some of those other things in Atlanta, especially with the drama he's caused, that might impact voting. But um, if I'm picking two, it's definitely Jimmy and Bam. Because, um, like, you know, Bam's probably arguably if bam is you know who he is on most nights this year with the offense bam's a top 10 15 player in the league and i said that too because he's a two-way guy he's a top three two-way guy in the league so he's a top um you know 15 overall player when you combine everything when he's going good and you just can't knock the impact of jimmy butler i don't care what team you put jimmy butler on if you're talking meaningful ball if you're talking winning time he's going to make that team better and he does that for the miami heat of course Right. And let's see, George, how about you? Yeah, look, I'm going to agree with Nick. Um, I was thinking the same thing as well. It's a, it's a combined reasoning of our, our losing record and um, well, it's over 500 now, but the record that we've, we're about to walk into um, and the fact that a lot of places miss injuries, I'm, I'm only seeing Bam as the potential all-star for this team. Only, and, and it's, I'm not saying Jimmy can't make it. Jimmy's actually been statistically the best player on our team. Um, this season, Tyler here's numbers are skewed a bit more now because, um, you know, the outlier performances that have been happening the last four games as well, where he's been averaging 50% from three, six on 12 attempts. And he's, um, he's scoring, he's facilitating, his, his numbers are across the board are all going up. So I, I don't think that they're going to be able to choose him, especially in a guard-heavy um, Eastern Conference where you've got players um, of such a high caliber, players like Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, uh, Brown, Kyrie Irving, uh, Bradley Beal, Lamelo Ball's actually been killing it. And he's only played six games though, so he won't be uh, considered. James Harden's only played fourteen games, but you're going to pass up on him. I don't think they're going to miss out on that money. Um, Zach Levine, play Darius Garland, all these players as well. They, they've all been phenomenal. They can't all be all stars, so I don't see him making the cut. Jimmy, they might just put it down to the games he's played. Uh, the games, you know, they, he hasn't played. I would like to see him make it just because it looks better in his career, retiring with just as many also appearances as possible. But if you ask him, I could guarantee, nearly guarantee it that he'd be like, you know what, I just would rather just stay at home and just and and do nothing. I would and, and I agree with him. You know, if he wants the time off, he should he should get the time off. But I definitely think Bam should be there on the back of his performance and, and how well he's been playing over the amount of games he's been playing. Uh but I'm yeah, I'm going Bam and and Tyler. So Bam and Jimmy, I wouldn't go Tyler. I don't think he's ready for that at the moment. But he look, we've got three twenty-point game scorers, which is all we've been wanting for for a long time now. Uh, but it's not been happening in the way that we wanted to, and the sacrifices we've had to give up for those players um, to produce it the way they are, uh, it, it's it's not all working out. But it's been good enough to say they're all playing at a consistent near All Star or definite All Star level. I, I have I have a quick question for everyone. Um, outside of Bam, because we I think we all will agree that Bam is the best player and the most important player on this team. But outside of Bam, out of, out of Jimmy and Tyler, out of, in this, this little six-game stretch, who do you guys think was is was the most important player in these six-game stretch? Because me, personally, I'm going with Tyler. And all of you guys know I'm really critical of, of Tyler. But I feel as though in these six-game stretch, Tyler has been, outside of Bam, he has been the most crucial player in this six-game stretch. He has been the best player in this six-game stretch. Outside of, you know, his defensive play, I feel like he's been more important in, in these last six games. Let me go first, please. I'll go second. Um, I mean, first of all, I disagree. 
Jimmy Butler's the best player on this team. He's the most important player on this team. Um, what Bam does impacts like the operation on the court. Like Bam allows everybody else to be able to be average. Um, you know what I mean? Because he does so much. But when it comes to like the nuances, the intricacies of winning, like impacting, I mean, Bam impacts winning massively, but just to like whether we win or lose, I think that's I think that's Jimmy Butler. So I would say that first of all. Secondly, I feel like the most important player is always Bam when he's yeah, going but right. But that's I, the I thing. He's not a Bam. I said outside of Bam. Right, right, right. That's I know. I was that I'm I'm using that to get to that. When he's okay, going okay. right. My when fault. he's going right. No, no, you good, boys. You good. You know how we do. When he's going right, right? But I think that when Bam is going right, it impacts how Jimmy plays, which impacts how Tyler plays. And that takes me back to why I think Jimmy's most important. Jimmy's the one guy that can say, hey, I'm going to take a step back for three quarters. I'm going to let Tyler get his shit off. I'm going to let Bam do his thing. And when both of those guys cool off or when they can't seem to get it to go with eight minutes left on the clock, when this team needs something to happen to win the game, Jimmy Butler is the only one that's capable of saying flip, 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 flip. Now, maybe he does it too much for a lot of our comfort, but Jimmy's the only one that's capable of doing that. So um, I would but, say that it was, I would say that in this last couple of games stretch, it was Tyler. And that yeah, was because but, Jimmy took that step back. But see, you don't think it's a, like, I, I believe that's a problem as, as the quote unquote best player on the team. You can't take those steps back when you have, a mediocre team like this. Now, it's, everybody. Now, oh, George ahead, knows sorry. the most out of everybody on on this panel that I am super critical of Tyler, but he has been obsessional. Like he's been great in this six game run. And 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 Kay, I want to rebuttal this. What you said that you believe that that Jimmy is the best player on this team. I would have to disagree because we've seen how horrible this offense and defense has been when when Bam is off the court. Okay, so my thing with that is we're, we're judging all of that off this one year. I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, yeah, this one year we're seeing that, but that's just because we're finally getting the BAM that we want. I mean, this one year doesn't make me change my opinion about the guy who toted us to an NBA Finals, about the guy who got us to within a sniff of one last year. Like, he's still the best player to me. Yeah, this offense, you know, looks bad when BAM isn't on the court because, like I said, back to the point I was making prior – He's the one that just mechanically and structurally allows it all to go. That's what you mean by he's the anchor. He's the one that brings it all together. However, back to that thing where you said that's what you have a problem with. Yeah, I have a problem with that too. But I think here's where we differ. See, you have a problem with Jimmy taking a step back. I have a problem with the fact that Jimmy has to take a step back in order for Tyler to be effective. Tyler can't be effective with Jimmy because Tyler's the one that forces that your turn, my turn. And that isn't so much a knock on him. That's just his style. And that's why rock rain is so important to me because Tyler's at his best when Tyler can do Tyler. And that takes it back to him playing with the bench because when he's playing with the bench, Tyler can go out there and be Tyler, get a shot from anywhere and everybody play off him. So I think Jimmy has to take a step back sometime in order for Tyler to be Tyler. And that all goes back to what we've been talking about and why this stretch is encouraging because we're seeing less of that. We're seeing less of that among them all. And that's some of that cohesion and consistency and continuity that I think they're figuring out. You're seeing Tyler be able to be Tyler while Jimmy is able to be Jimmy, while Bam is also able to be Bam. And regardless of what else you have around them, regardless of what else anybody is doing, regardless of Dwayne Dedman's net rating, regardless if Max is able to hit a shot or stepping out of bounds, regardless if Duncan is hitting threes, if those three guys are able to be those three guys more than they aren't, the Miami Heat are going to have a good chance to win. And that's what they need to be sure they're doing every night. Is being their best selves together. Well, see, I, I, this, this, this is my last. Um, I'm gonna say this, and that's it. The problem is I have is I think it's a problem when your three best players is is it they makes it hard for them to mesh together. I, I think that that's a problem when they've been together for three years and it's hard for them to mesh together. With you no, know, it got to be 
I got to take a Jimmy had to take a step back for Tyler to shine, or Bam had to take a step back for Jimmy and, and Tyler to shine. I, I think that's a problem within itself. Why can't we all be good together? Why can't we? Why can't all our strengths come together and help this and lift this team to to some wins? That's the problem I have. All right, so to like throw my two cents in here, I don't. It's, I don't think it's even a question. I think Jimmy. We're talking about who's the most important player to this team, the most valuable player to this team. I think Jimmy. I think the Heat go as far as Jimmy takes you, and that there's no if ands buts about it. Just. If you want to look for reference, look at the 2020 NBA playoffs, look at the 2022 NBA playoffs. If you want to say this season, of course, because Bam has been stepping up. Sure, Bam's been great. Bam's been also great in previous regular seasons. We won't know what Bam in the playoffs looks like until we get there. So for now, it's Jimmy. Jimmy, we've seen what he can do in the playoffs, and that's what matters most to this team. What matters most to this team is what you can, what you can produce in the postseason when it's time to win. So I don't think it's even a question. I think Jim, and this isn't just over Tyler. He's over Bam. I think Jimmy's the most important player to this team. I think he makes this team win. Bam makes the team run, but Jimmy makes the team win. That's that's my take on it. Right. And before we move on to next topic, does anyone got something else that they want to throw in, or are we ready to go? Yeah, just a wrap-up pose. I think that's basketball, though, guys. I mean, Dean, back to your last point, I guess. Figuring out is basketball. And again, like, they kind of, you know, fail-safe themselves. And that was the whole conversation about Tyler for me coming into the season. Is he going to be team or me? And it's not calling him selfish, but it's like, if he can't play... And again, they're figuring it out. So now I'm saying, you know, now I'm saying they're figuring that out. So it's not a problem. I'm just saying what it looked like and how it happened. It was like they're figuring out how to use Tyler with the bench because that's what worked for them. That's how they were able to be themselves at the same time. And they are figuring out more how to be themselves on the court together. Um, so, you know, that's all. But I think that's basketball, though, figuring it out. As guys get better and grow into their talent and take on more responsibility, they're inevitably going to be clashes. And as guys improve, I think that's overall better for your team. The intricacy of coaching and team building is figuring out how to maximize those guys as they're growing together. Because overall, we're arguing about good things. Not arguing, we're having healthy debates about good things. It's amazing that Tyler Hero's doing what he's doing. It's amazing that we're seeing Bam Adebayo be able to do what he's do. It's still amazing that Jimmy Butler can click it and win a game for us when he needs to. Now we just need to see all that shit together. Right. And I know, George, you had something that you wanted to quickly throw in there. The mic is yours. I just want to pass it to Clutch first, but I'll, I'll let after Clutch. I already said what I had to say, George. Yeah, man. George sleeping at the wheel. Uh, Time difference got him bucking. Really? <laughs> I feel I feel offended by you, George. I was I gave up a whole soliloquy about Jimmy Butler, and you just I do remember it now. He too busy I changing his backgrounds, that. Clutch. That's an that's evil a, picture, by the way. It's called that's an art form. <laughs> what I'm doing right now. That's an art form. What I this is this is perfect. What I want to put towards the thing as well, to Dean, with your question as well, um, who's been more important on this trip? I'm saying Jimmy Butler as well. Um, even though Tyler Hero has been the better player over the last four stretches, not, not doesn't mean that he's um, the most important. Going back a little bit further, you said who should be another all-star. Drew Smith, when the when he plays, um, the team is four and one when Drew Smith plays. So he should get the consideration. Um, I'm just joking. Get that guy off my roster. Get Jamari Bouye on the roster, please. I was about to say, who do you want on the roster, George? That's my question. Who do you want on the team? Jamar Bouye. George, he doesn't like anybody. Right. That's what I'm saying. If I'm looking at the team right now, the only players I'm keeping from this roster, the players I'm keeping only is Udonis Haslam, Nikola Jovic, uh, Orlando Robertson, Caleb Martin, Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler. That's it. That's the only two players I'm keeping. Everyone else can get out of here. I don't no care. No love for Gabe Vincent. Oh, no cursing, bro. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Um, I'm saying as well, the thing, the problem with, um, what, uh, the problem with what I have to say with um, with what Kay said as well, he's saying it's all about just putting it together. That's the big problem with this team. The team is, the massive problem is the team not being able to put these great performances of these great, of these three really, really, really good players together. Now, it's how long we have to wait till we actually see that actually happen. I, I need to see something. The thing with Jimmy as well, Jimmy with his um, Jimmy with his play more recently is because Kyle Lowry's been out. He's only played, you know, two out of the last four. 
And when he's out, Jimmy takes the, the, the playmaker role, which allows Hero to get himself, you know, more looks at the basket, gives himself more, you know, and, and yeah, staggering his minutes with the, with the bench units also helped him a ton. And also, Bam's been able to get his own as well because Jimmy, for see, like I see him time and time again, always, always with the game. You know, in in the game, you'll see him pass out open looks galore. He nearly threw the game the other day by looking, trying to get Tyler open, and trying to get Tyler is another bucket. Um, and he did it with Max Struess as well. He did it with Caleb Martin. He did it with Duncan. He did it with he does it with Bam constantly. That's what's unlocked the potential of Hero and Bam. Jimmy taking the back seat. Now, that's why I have no reason Jimmy taking t- games off because at the end of the day, when we get to the postseason, when, I still think it's, you know, it's it also a possibility this team could get it super wrong and we don't, we you know, we make the play-in. That's 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 a it's a risk you're going to have to take because if we can't make the playoffs with Tyler and Bam on this roster being the main focal guys, then, then what are we doing there at the end of the day? Because Tyler Hero, when it comes to playoff performances outside of his first year, has been pathetically bad. Like, it's so bad... It's it's been questionable whether we wanted to give him the extension. A lot of the fans were were, were questioning that, um, and maybe look to trade him in, in instead. Bam and Abayo. When it comes to the postseason, he's not the same player that we see him do. You know what he does here. Very rarely will we we see him have an amazing game. Um, we had to wait till the last few games of the of, of the the postseason last year to last season to to see that happen. So that's the that's the problem I have. I don't want to see Jimmy taking a back seat just so these two players can get it going. But in the regular season, I'm completely fine with it because the more run that they get, the more time that they have dominant on the ball is is, is going to help this team in the long run as well. So it, the, and that's why I have such a problem with what's happening outside because that's a problem in itself. And if you're also worrying about the defensive structure of the team, which has been pretty damn poor, and the bench not being able to hold its own in any capacity, it's really so hard to see all these problems going around, mixing and then not be able to fix one of them. Because if you fix one, then you can start looking towards the other. Right now, the starters are playing at a higher level, and Jimmy and Jimmy Hero and Bam over the last four games have actually had really like career-defining numbers. Like, but then you look at the rest of the, the roster, and I see nothing but scrap. And that needs to change. Right. I agree. And, you know... I don't know, man. I feel like we've been on this topic a little too long. Does anyone else got something they want to throw in at this point? Or are we ready to call it a topic? Anyone? All right. So it looks like we all good. (laughs) All right. So I just wanted to make sure. But overall, great points from y'all, especially from Demon K. I mean, I said it last part. I'm going to say it again, you know. Make sure y'all check out Biscayne Breakdown. Like, they about to drop their first episode real soon as a new duo. And, you know, we're going to see more of these types of debates from those two specifically. But, you know, aside from that, I'm really, I really like what y'all brought up. Because at the end of the day, the fact that, and Kay, you said this yourself. Like, the fact that we can sit here and say, like, Tyler's been playing at such a good level that we can even have this type of debate is great. Because it shows how much of a step he's taken this season. And overall, you know, for me personally, I just want to see this team play really good just to get a good spot come by the time the playoffs start. Especially because I just want to see Jimmy Butler win a championship. That's what this whole, whole thing is about. I mean, we can sit here and talk about the all-star thing all day and all this other stuff. But... It all revolves back to can we get Jimmy Butler a championship? And that's all that freaking matters to me. Anyways, with that all being said, oh my gosh. Anyways, I'm sorry, y'all. I just saw something and it almost scared me. But anyways, let's just get right into it to this final topic. Um, Let's see. I'm going to give y'all a minute each, uh, 30 seconds to a minute each, because I know we've been cooking a little too long today, but... That's what happens when we pull out the seven-man rotation like we coach Spo. But I want to know, we got this next game against the Bulls. I want to know what's on y'all mind. Do y'all think we get the W? What is y'all's expectations for the Heat heading into this type of matchup? Let's see. We'll start off with you, Nick. You say me? Yup. Oh. Um, going into it, I mean, obviously, anything is... Yeah, I'm looking at the injury report, just making sure. Yeah, I mean, Damar and Zach are both playing. So, I mean, going into that, it's it's always going to be scary. Yes, they're 11 and 18, but it's Damar DeRozan and Zach Levine. 
if we can get cooked by Devin Fassell and I don't even know anyone else on the Spurs, then we can uh, we can get cooked by DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. And we got a healthy injury report here of Caleb day-to-day, Kyle day-to-day, Gabe out, and Jimmy day-to-day. So we should see – I mean, we obviously should beat them. They're 11 and 18. They kind of look like they just don't have an identity and they're close to a blow-up. So I'm going to say uh, Heat won before. All right. I respect that. And um, let's. And you did bring up a good point. I think it's always going to be who would that random scrub heat killer be. I mean, I'm not saying that Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are scrubs, but, you know, if one of them cooks, you know, you can definitely expect someone out there on that squad that could have a really good game too. Like, don't be surprised if freaking – and I'm not saying Ayo DeSumo isn't bad because I know that dude's been hooping for a while, but – you know, don't be surprised if he has like a 35-point triple-double against us. But let's see. Uh, Kay, how about you? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think we're going to win every game we play, honestly. I know after the first quarter how I really feel. I never go into a game like, ah, they're going to get the – you know what I mean? Um, But as far as specifics on this Bulls team, man, they like I said, they just gave up 150 to the Timberwolves. Um, and we're not the Timberwolves offensively. However, they're missing Carl Anthony Towns. And I'm not sure if D'Angelo Russell played. And even if he did, he wasn't 100% because he's been banged up. So um, if they can get 150, we can get at least 100, right? So if we can get, you know, let's say 105 and hold them down um, because they still got some things to figure out. And Zach Levine being spotted to start the year really probably hurt them rhythm-wise. You also got Lonzo Ball who probably won't play this season. Um, you know, they got some things going over there in Chicago, so it's not looking encouraging. I, I think we should win. Um, and when you look at the second game, I know we're going on the back of that one. It should just, you know, be one of those things where they're just looking to destroy teams. So, you know. I like that. And let's see you, Clutch. Um, so I think I'm ready to see DeMar DeRozan take 500 mid-range shots and make them all for some reason because he just doesn't miss. And – I think that's going to be the biggest threat to the Heat because he's crazy like that. Like, he has a 99 slider from mid-range. But I my prediction here is that Tyler's going to have another huge game. Not a big game, but a huge game. And it, despite all the all the things I've said about how Jimmy and Dan are more important, but, yeah, I think Tyler's going to show up again. He's going to have a huge game, and we close it out probably when – I'll say we win by 10. I, I like the optimism. I think that's what our highest score so far. I mean, what was it? Kate, what did you predict? Like, what was it? Did you have like a specific score in mind or? No, nah, I didn't, but I'm thinking like 105 to 97. All right. All right. So that's nice to see. And uh, George, you? Me personally, I, I look, I, it, it comes down to people calling, you know, people like to call me a pessimist sometimes as well, but. I, it's hard to feel good about a team when you look at you look at them side by side and the Bulls outscore us, out-rebound us, out-assist us, out-block us. Uh, they, they shoot better from the field from three-point and everything else that we're winning in is super close. So it's like, it's hard to say that we're going to win this game easily. On the back of recent form, we're looking a lot better than they do. It's just the truth. Um I expect a big game from Tyler Hero. I'm expecting Bam to go off. He should be cooking Nikola Vucevic. He just he has to. In any situation against any big man, besides obviously like a, a Yo, uh, Jokic and an Embiid, he should be just just dominating at the, at this point in time. He should be full of confidence and and should let it fly. Demar Derozan's in career best form again for how many times? He just keeps bouncing back. It's all from mid range. Um, he managed to cook us in the first game of the season. Uh, they with it when they didn't even have Zach Levine, so I don't know how that's gonna how it's gonna play out with Zach Levine being there now. Um, they've got their own problems as well, a lot of defensive problems, um, broken rotations. They um they need to they need to figure a lot of stuff out down in Chicago as well. So um, they're gonna put up a lot of points. They're gonna try to at least. Um, I'm predicting um at 111 to 112 win for Miami. All right. So, you know what? I like that. I really like it. So, I do see the optimism where we're able to see. I think the lowest score prediction is where um 
I think it was Nick who said that he has the Heat winning by five. So the fact that we do have a good, um, the fact that everyone is saying the Heat will win and that we're all picking it by a good margin, in my opinion, is something that I do like to see. And Deem, I'm curious about you. You got the Heat losing this one? Um, no, nah, I, I got Miami. I, I'm never going to like try to pick against them, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh. I don't know. This, this this is a roller coaster team. Hopefully, we can pull a win out. I, I believe we can win this game. Uh, but I, I was it was crazy because uh my man K said that Minnesota scored one fifty against them, and he said hopefully Miami can put up a hundred points. Like that's not even the lead average a hundred points. So that's like it's it's crazy to me. But no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I was just using that as an example. That's all. And then everybody got on here earlier saying that we struggled to score against Indiana. We set basketball back by 50 years. What do y'all want me to do, man? <laughs> what do y'all want me to do? I'm trying to acquiesce and be patient. My bad, brother. I just had to clear my case because Dean was frying me in the group chat, people. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. I think I think uh Nick said it. Somebody said it. I think it was Nick who said he believed Tyler's gonna have a big game. I agree with that. I think Tyler is going I think Tyler will have a big game. I think he's gonna lead uh Miami in scoring for the simple fact is uh Chicago perimeter D is just not good. So I expect and I I, I, I really hope that Kyle doesn't play. I hope he gets some more rest because I I would love to see Tyler play more of the point guard role. I think he did a fantastic job against San Antonio playing the point guard role. That was one of my favorite games that I seen from Tyler that I did not even watch the game live. I had to go back and watch it. Uh so I think that was a pretty good game. So I want to see Tyler go back at that at that point guard role. All right. You know, and for me personally, I'm gonna have the Heat win this by I'm gonna say ten points too. I mean I feel like we've seen a bit of a pattern go on with you guys. So I'm going to say the Heat will get another double-digit win and that we could just keep it rolling. I want to see this win streak going. You know, let's do back-to-back pods where the Heat have went undefeated since our last episode. I really want to see it. Now, I'm, y'all know I would never try to get comfortable with this team because if y'all look at this pod's history, and I feel the need to mention it every time, every time it seems like the Heat are really starting to succeed and we start to get a little comfortable with them, boom, something bad happens. So. I'm not getting comfortable with this squad just yet. There's no reason to do it, but let's just keep the wins coming in. You know, we're the seventh seed right now. Hopefully, we could climb up a bit. Who knows? Maybe by the next pod, we'll be the six or the five seed, and we just keep on going from there. Besides from that, Miami Heat, let's just keep rolling with it, and let's get these dubs going as well. Before we close it out, I just want to say I did mention this very early into the show. You know, it's a very special occasion for Heat versus the World because to those who don't know, Heat versus the World is officially two years old. Thank y'all so much for the support. Thank you all to everyone that's in this um pod right now because, you know, y'all definitely made a great part of Heat versus the World's history. And to everyone else, you know, to all of our contributors and everyone, you know, it's with if it wasn't for y'all's support, Lord knows how far we would have made it. So... Thank you guys so much. I mean, two years doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, I feel like we've been able to do so much within that time frame. So to know that it's only been that long since we really got this going, like, you can't help but be so grateful and see how far we've been able to make it. So thank y'all so much. And, you know, much love to y'all. Much love to God. And let's keep this going. And you know, also special thanks to everyone here. Make sure to follow George at XHeatLifer. Make sure y'all follow Deem at BLDeem. K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. Miami Clutch PE at Miami Clutch PE. And Nick at uh, Nick underscore connect. That's K-N-E-C-H-T. And our guy JR, he couldn't stay for the whole pod. But make sure y'all follow him, him on Twitter at E-M-U-L-S-I-I-O-N. I couldn't say the whole thing because I didn't want to butcher the pronunciation. But make sure y'all follow him too. And make sure y'all follow Heat vs. The World Podcast on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Heat vs. The World. We got all types of content heading your way. And make sure to follow me on Twitter too at Joel K. Jacob underscore. 
Aside from that, you know, we had a great episode. And let's see, George, you said you wanted to quickly say the injury report. I'm giving you 30 seconds to do just that. 30, 29, 28. Tw- Maybe unmute your mic, George. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. All right, George, you got to come through right now. We're already an hour into this episode. All right. Okay. I got it. I had lost it. I found it again. So Jamal Kane is in the G League. Gabe Vincent uh, with his knee, Yurt Seven with his ankle, Kyle Lowry with his knee, and Caleb Martin with his ankle are all out for tomorrow. Questionable is Jimmy Butler with his knee, Dwayne Demer with his foot. Hopefully he's out. Udonis Haslam with his Achilles is also questionable. All right. Thank you so much, George. So, th- <laughs> so thank you, George, for that. And yeah, you know, like I said before, let's keep these wins coming in and let's go from there. Aside from that, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Miami Heat, like I said before, let's keep it going. Let's keep the wins, man. Let's keep it up. Let's be the 6 or 5 seed by the time the next episode drops, man. We believe in y'all. But and aside from that, you know, happy birthday to Heat vs. the World once again. And until next time, y'all, we'll see you guys with a brand new episode. Hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.